Welcome everybody to the One to Go show presented this week by Weir's Machine. So I'm sure many of you know Chad and the folks down there at Weir's Machine, Weir'sMachine.com. They do a great job. Uh, next time you happen to be talking to them, thank them for supporting the One to Go show. I am Puka, once again joined by Bert Lehman and Ryan Aho. Looking good, guys. Thanks. <laughs> My background looks a lot better than I do. Yeah, your background looks yeah, your black background looks pretty splendid. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm a little bit jealous. So, all right, fellows, we'll get into it. I think I was the only one to visit a track this weekend, and I stopped off at the Hibbing Raceway on uh, Saturday night. And uh, Devin Van House, last year's Rookie of the Year in the Minnesota Late Models, got the monkey off his back with the win. And a guy that we were a little hard on a couple weeks ago, uh, Jay Kittner, who did not show up at the Twin Ports uh, Twin Twenty Fives that we said he was running good. Uh, Van House stood outside pole and he was gone and Jay actually tracked him down two other times was probably an eyelash faster until the track kind of took rubber with maybe five seven ten to go uh, but he just couldn't quite get around him um, you know some lap cars got in there but but Jay was on a mission I mean he had a good straightaway on him and Jay reeled him in he was deep sea fish and just reeled him in but just couldn't complete the pass so a uh, nice night of racing inhibiting uh, for both of those two gentlemen Go ahead. Hey, Pook, I want I want to mention too. I've been I you know I was pretty hard on Jay. I'm like, dude, why the hell is he not going to specials like the twin you know the twin twenty fives? Well, one thing that we a lot of fans may not know is his whole pit crew basically left him. They run the Hibbing Raceway now. Well, so the Hibbing Raceway was big big trouble last year. And and I talked to Mark Trembruth, who's kind of one of the main guys at Hibbing. He's like, I ain't got no help. He goes like, literally, we're working on the track. We're doing all this stuff like. Jay Kittner's got no pit crew anymore. He used to have like 400 guys in the pits. He's got like him, and that's it. So that's a little bit to it. But another guy I wanted to give a shout-out really quick on that, Ben Heinley. You know, I, yeah. I saw in the results, I'm like, he got third. And honestly, forgive me, but I'm thinking, ah, man, it must have been locked down. Derek Vessel couldn't get around Ben Heinley. And I talked to Mark, who's re related to Derek, and he runs the track. He's like, Derek couldn't catch him. He's like, Ben Hindley was fast. He ran a good race. And Derek, actually, who's been in our power rankings, couldn't even get to him to try to pass him. So first podium finish for Ben Hindley. Congrats to him and uh, more to come. Looking forward to seeing him progress as a race car driver. Yeah, he did have a good night. All right, Bert. Lots of action in eastern Wisconsin over the week in the Dirt Kings Tour uh, we should say saddled up and rode again. Uh, they've been out for a few weeks and I guess you could take it over from there. I'd like to call it the battle of Gettysburg at Plymouth. Um, but you, you can go ahead and describe it whatever way you want. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't there. Uh, but, uh, uh, the next morning I found somebody who had, uh, the link to the video of the race. So I watched it Saturday morning and all I could say after watching that race was, wow. Um, it was nice to see some Western uh, Wisconsin driver, late model drivers make the, the trip over to uh, uh, Eastern Wisconsin, uh, Jesse Glenn's, uh, the Hannestads, uh, Eder, is that how you pronounce his last Eder. name? Eder. There? Eder. Okay. Yep. So it was nice to see them uh, make the trip out East. Uh, but yes, uh, it was quite the race. Uh, I mean, actually it was a really good race. I mean, you take these incidents out of it, it, it was still a really good race. I mean, they're passing high side, low side. Uh, Jesse Glenn's won. Uh, but uh, the story of the race was uh, Mitch McGrath. Um, we've talked about him a few times on here. Uh, he's the nephew of uh, Russ Scheffler and the grandson of George Scheffler. So deep racing roots in that family. Uh First incident came, I don't know, it was about mid-race, and uh, he spun Jesse Glenn's. I mean, basically just hit him in a corner, spun him out as, you know, in the beginning of the backstretch. And I was surprised when both drivers got their spots back. And uh, I, I know Ryan talked to Jason from Dirt King, so maybe Ryan wants to fill in uh, what the call was. Well, I talked to Jason, and he said, well, we didn't really get a good visual on that one. I'm like, man, you must not have been around Tom Nesbitt your whole life because he would have killed somebody. Like, literally, it was obvious. He drove right through him, spun around in a circle. I get it. You miss it. You miss it once in a while. But as Nesbitt always says, you can't give – if there's a yellow, somebody's got to go to the back, period, end of discussion. If, if they don't know who it was, both of them should have gone to the back. That would have been a tough break for Jesse Glenn's because he got dumped. But the fact is – 
you can't penalize the whole crowd. You can't penalize the whole field. Somebody's got to go to the back. And he says, hey, we just missed that one. And the next one, you're going to talk about, he said, well, that was a racing deal. I'm like, oh, my God, the guy keeps getting his spot back. But I'll let you touch on what happened next. Um, yeah, well, then uh, later in the race, uh, Justin Reed, uh, who's had some really great runs in Dirt King's race, but he just can't get a victory. And it was looking like he might get the victory on Friday night at Plymouth. Uh, but then I, I know last week we talked about slide jobs. I don't know if this was a slide job that went bad or if it was just, just made contact. But anyway, McGrath was on the inside of Reed in corners one and two and, uh, you know, basically body slammed him and Reed <laughs> spun out. And uh, I don't know if Reed was going to be put to the back or not, but Reed retaliated, waited for McGrath and uh, crinkled up his rear quarter panel pretty good before uh, he left him. Right. And so, but yeah, I mean, McGrath got his spot back on that one. And then uh, on the last lap in the same spot, one and two, again, I don't know if it, it was, if it was a slide job that went wrong or, but I mean, he ba basically slammed into the side of Nick Avalanche and one and two forced Nick off the track and Nick went head for head nose first into uh, the wall. Luckily, he was okay, and the car must not have been too bad because he was at Shano the next night. Uh, but after the incident, uh, uh, apparently the police were called, and they came to the track, sirens blaring, and they were in oh, the pit really? area. And <laughs> and afterwards, um, um, there was uh, it was announced that McGrath was suspended for the rest of the for this year uh, for unsportsmanlike conduct from the Dirt <laughs> King series. And I, there's also reports that he was flipping off the flag man or the crowd. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I mean, you should have, I don't know if you guys went to the dirt Kings Facebook page, but you should have been reading all the comments. I just want to relay one comment just for Puka here. And it was uh, something to the effect of um, flipping off the flag man and cops in the pits was a weekly occurrence for Tom Nesbitt. <laughs> <laughs> it sure was. It sure was. So, Bert, that 99, was that Reed? Is that, was he, was no. he 99? 99 is uh, Mike Mullen. Because he was fast as hell, too. Yeah. And then he actually monster trucked a, a lap car. <laughs> I, yep. I, have that, I have that on the video where he just went right over the top of him. You know, and, and uh, it turns out, I actually did some research. He got, what he got suspended for was lack of social distancing. Um, he was not, <laughs> no social distancing whatsoever by McGrath. <laughs> Um, but I asked Jason, I'm like, how in the world can you possibly, you know, suspend them for that? Like, you should have put them to the back in the first one. You should have put them to the back in the second one. Finally, in the third one, they called it on him, but then they screw over Nick Anvilink. Everybody took, they took the white flag. He comes in, he gets dumped on the last lap, and they don't even score Nick Anvilink. Like, if they're going to call it on McGrath, why not give Anv go back to the last completed lap and give Anvilink the spot that he was scored in on the last completed lap. That never made any sense to me. In fact, there shouldn't have been a – oh, that shouldn't have even been a race at the end anyway because everybody had taken the white flag the, the time before that, and the yellow came out. So they, they should have checkered it there. So, And then they did the same thing, right? Because that was the second incident was with McGrath with all, was also on the last lap, correct? That was his third incident. The second one was um, also Reed. on the last lap. The third one was with Anvilink. Yeah, the third one was with Anvilink. The second one, didn't they take the white flag and then they went green-white checkered? I don't know if that was for McGrath, if that was the Reed one. But, yeah, there was a yellow right before – because even in the race results, they said that it they would go green-white checkered, which would, which would mean that they would go an extra lap. Yeah, which means they, they didn't do anything – there was no consistency – because they all took the white flag, bam, there was an incident. They go yellow, they go green, white, checkered. They get back to the white flag, the same thing happens, and that time they checkered it. Right. So it's just, I mean, and, and here's the deal. This is no bearing on Plymouth because Dirt Kings brings in their own officials, right? So Dirt yes. Kings has their own officials that they mess that whole deal up. And, and so bad that Jesse Glenn's, I said, dude, are you going Saturday and Sunday? He goes, them guys are freaking crazy. He goes, I am literally going to go home. I'm going to do body damage. I'm going to get my stuff ready. We got five grand to win at Mississippi Thunder and Cedar Lake. I'm going to get ready for that. I'm done with that whole deal. And they, they are absolutely nuts is what he said. 
Yeah, and it's just too bad, uh, Bert, you referred to this, because I was really impressed with Plymouth as far as the track and stuff. The racing was great. It is just too bad that Plymouth and Shawano can't work together. They both race on Saturdays. I'm sure the guys out there would love to be able to race at both tracks every week instead of having to make a choice. And, you know, it looks like a couple of drivers, yeah, I took some notes at Cedar Lake the previous weekend, and, and I wanted to kind of be like, <laughs> like the stars of the sport. Uh, but, yeah, how about Jesse Glenn's, huh? I mean, just what a stud. I mean, just goes out there. I mean – I'm assuming it might've been one of his first and only times at the track, you know, just, and, and wins big, you know, it wasn't even close, you know, he, even on the green white checkered, he just took off. And I did want to make a comment too, when I brought, I brought my 10 year old son to the USA nationals and we went down to his pit and not only did he have pictures, he had window stickers and stuff. So, I mean, he's really good for racing when he's winning, you know, he's giving stuff to the kids. He's got pictures, got stickers. My, my brother said my nephew, as soon as he got home, he went to uh, my uh, sister-in-law's minivan and without even asking, stuck that Glenn's sticker on there. Actually, I'm kidding. My sister-in-law, I know she listens to this whole show. She does not drive a minivan. She actually drives like a, a Ford Escape or something like that. So sorry, Jess, but I had to get that in. But on the serious note, he did. He just went and plastered that Glenn's. So Glenn's got a fan for life. Um, <laughs> uh, did he see on his Facebook page, Puka or, and Bert? Um, he kind of did a neat little video on there. Did you see that? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I didn't go get a chance to look at it, but I heard. Yeah, go ahead. Walk us through that. Yeah, just I'm just gonna let everybody watch that. Just go to Jesse Glenn's Racing, go to his Facebook page. He did kind of a little cameo deal. It's pretty cool. I mean, the guy's a lot of fun. You'll enjoy the heck out of it. But like you said, it's nice to have somebody that talented. But he's got the personality too. He's got a little flair to him. He's a lot of fun. He's got seems to have a really good head on his shoulders. So, you know, it's another. It's good to see a young gun. That I think has a really bright future ahead of him in, in dirt late model racing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to add too that I was. You know, I may be missing something, but I was a little confused about how they lined up the feature uh, because Jesse Glenn's won his heat race from the pole, and then he started on the front row in the feature. Rick Hannestad won his feature from the pole, and he started like eighth or ninth. Um, I always thought, and maybe they changed this, I always thought the top four and passing points were in a redraw, but I don't know how Glenn's would have made a redraw and Hannestad not made a redraw, so... Um, but like I said, maybe I'm missing something, uh, but I was a little confused by that also. And they, they, they do it different everywhere you go, right? So they, sometimes they'll have a passing point, and it could be 4, 8, 12, but a certain amount of cars that were so high up in passing points make the redraw. And, and that's something that tracks need to take note of. I think what they need to do is make it clear to everybody that's watching that, hey, this is how it's working tonight. So that way there is no confusion, but they must have regrouped the top eight, 10 or 12, I'm guessing. Yeah, they must, they must have did something different than what uh, I thought they were doing. Yeah, um, one final comment here uh, on this. And well, I mean, for me, and you guys can continue to comment, but uh, where were the Western Wisconsin drivers? You know, I mean, $4,200 to win. Now, they didn't know that the Wreckham Rodeo was coming at the point of traveling. Like I said, well, the track. They did. Yeah, well, maybe they did. Maybe they saw some of those. Mitch was taking notes during the Herb Pierce incident, but got a clipboard out. But uh, like I said, the track, you know, looks great. I mean, it looks like a racy place. You race on the bottom, you can race on the top, uh, you know, for 4,200 to win. Man, weather, how was the weather, Bert, out that way? Was it threatening? No, it, it wasn't. Else, so. It wasn't threatening. We haven't had rain out here, you know, except for a small shower here and there for probably week and a half to two weeks. I mean, actually, we really need some rain out here. Uh, but no, the weather was good. <laughs> the, the weather was good, and uh, you know, I was hoping that you know more Western guys would show up, but maybe they did think you know that 2020 is the year of the COVID, so. Who knows what's going to happen if we go there. Uh, but anyway, re referring to the track, when Plymouth is prepared properly, uh, it can produce some really great racing action. The best, one of the best late model races I've ever seen there was a Dirt Kings race the year before the World of Outlaws started going to Plymouth. And that's part of the reason why the World of Outlaws do go to Plymouth now every year is because of the race that the Dirt Kings put on. Uh, for, for that race, Jason, uh, it was over 4,000 to win. And, uh, you know, Billy Moyer Sr. was there. Jason Frager was there. Uh, Clanton was there. He had some big hitters there. Mars wound up winning the race. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> you know, so when that track is right, it, it's a very good track to watch a race at. You know, there was some drama there, obviously, a lot of drama. I'd like to thank McGrath for that because that gave us something to talk about. 
But in all honesty, that race was highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they they were moving all over the track. That was a awesome, awesome race. And obviously, the drama that's just good for the sport, right? I mean, it's not good for people's tan, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm glad I got to watch it. Well, I yeah, agree. I mean, I mean, like I said, you take those incidents out of that race, it was still a great race to watch. Well, that's what I think Wazoda needs to take notice of. We've talked about this before, so I've got the winners on the year. Jake Tim, McGrath, John Canta, Sorensen, Glenn. So we got, I'm assuming Canta was in a completely, you know, completely legal Wazoda car. We got Glenn's in a completely legal Wazoda car. We're going we're gonna to talk about, uh, you know, some preview, some races coming up. We're Cedar Lake's tying in with the Dirt Kings now. Two years ago, Cedar Lake had a Challenge Series race. They did in 18. They didn't in 19. But we're you know we're gonna like so we'll preview this and see how this all works. But are they ever gonna think about a Challenge Series race again? Based on you know kind of how this unfolds with the Dirt Kings and like I said, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit in the preview. Um, anything else on this, or do you want to move on to Gravity Park real quick, Bert, and just touch on that? We can move on to Gravity Park quick. Uh, you know the Dirt Kings travel uh, two nights later. You know on Sunday evening they travel to Gravity Park. Uh, Gravity Park's a fairly new racetrack within the last three years or so. Uh, it's a smaller racetrack, so ra- late models haven't raced there until earlier this year. Uh, there was a race. But anyway, uh, Kyle Redant, uh, second-year late model driver from Shano, uh, won the feature at Gravity Park, uh, $1,250 to win. Uh, it was a good victory for a young driver who's, uh, you know, it's always good to see young drivers find success because if they don't find success, you're always worried that they're going to leave the division and go to, you know, like the modified division where they can race more often and whatnot. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, Kyle, Kyle Redant, uh, you know, he, he also won uh, Saturday night at Toronto Speedway. So he had two feature wins this week. Uh, it's good for him. Uh, he's had kind of a tough sophomore year in the division i know he lost at least one motor somebody posted on facebook he lost two this year so to get two wins is is a good accomplishment and um brighten his season a little bit anything for you ryan or move on to uh kentucky on to kentucky that was some great racing out the north south actually why don't you start there puka you know what did you take out of the north south well, just a few things. Uh, Mike Marlar is a guy I did get to speak to uh, at Cedar Lake, and we talked to him. My brothers and I were talking. You know, obviously, he's been do, you know dabbling in the asphalt thing, and he said, you know, all that thing's just too expensive. We're back, and boy, you know, he, he showed he was back on uh, Thursday night with a, with a little tail slap on uh, Overton and t- took the win Thursday night. Also, did a little tail slapping on on Bobby Pierce on Friday night. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he broke early in the in the Saturday event, but. You know, Marlar, you know, it was good to see him back and running well. Ross Bales, it looks like, was Ross Bales, did we ever confirm? I couldn't really find anything. It looked like he was in an Earl Pearson backup car, possibly. I mean, it seems like that guy's in a different car every week. He's in the number was, one car. Was Ross Bales in that rent-a-car program? Oh, there. He, he was, but I haven't heard anything about that rent-a-car I program. I forgot about that. the beginning of the year. So I think right. he was in that rent-a-car deal for the North-South. I forgot all about that. I think that was. So, yeah, Ross Bales, you know, was there. And then, you know, body parts, uh, you know, <laughs> as far not human body parts, but car body, <laughs> I mean, car parts all over the track on, on, you know, Saturday night, you know, Pierce and who else I got that? Josh Rice, RTJ, Ryan having a great run, came up a little bit short. Well, when you're ripping the cushion, right, and they're shredding the wall, I've seen Buzzy Adams, my, my human highlight reel, right? <laughs> him for years i mean they ripped the right rear quarter panel off the spoiler support and in fact you remember a uh, gundaker right before they went down to fairbury he had that that, that <laughs> meter that side panel for a spoiler that had kind of like little levels on how much he was going to rip off so them guys were shredding the top up there and in the bottom middle was obviously the smoothest place to be but if them guys could have hit it right on top they were getting some wicked runs off the corner but it was just one of those deals where it's it's a fine line you're either in the fence or you're bolted and it, sometimes it's a combination of both and so there, there was a little bit of shrapnel there for sure go ahead Bert. well I, yeah i mean you mentioned josh right i mean not only did he lose his quarter panel but uh he his whole spoiler was missing <laughs> by, the, seen that. <laughs> by, by the end of the race um it actually reminded i'm going to do a very quick story uh when mj mcbride was racing at anigo one time 
you know, there's a rule on the maximum height of the spoiler, but not the minimum height or something like that. So I don't know. He had the wild idea to to lower the spoiler so it was level with the deck. After the race, he said, never again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you knew that had to have been affecting his car, Rice's car a lot at the end. And, I mean, uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. just continues to impress in a late model. Uh, it actually makes me a little sad that we didn't get to see him at Cedar Lake racing at the USA Nationals because he probably would have put on a pretty good show there too. Right, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, that was my pick. Yeah, was sore subject on that one. That was my pick. And uh, But, yeah, you're right on that spoiler deal, by the way, because Rice got up. I think he was up into the top five, and once that thing was gone, he had no downforce. He started sliding back, and, you know, you that big blade on the back, that puts a lot of air down on that rear on the rear tires and yeah he he paid for it for sure yeah and how about a big win for t-mac i mean that was good to see and i had got some ins some insider info also at cedar lake that there there's been some squabbling with the team owner the crew t-mac there's been some tension there obviously they haven't run well you know he he hasn't won since the stream and then i heard a stat today he hasn't won a lucas race since like february you know, so this is his first Lucas race. So uh, good to see him. I think it's good for racing. I mean, I think T-Mac's pretty good. Got a pretty good following. He's a smiley guy. He's a, he's a good talker. You know, he is a good interview. So I think it's good for racing that, you know, he, you know, back in victory lane. But how about JD? Just non-existent. Jonathan Davenport, you know, the, the CLS whiner, kind of the guy who had led the crew at whining. <laughs> wouldn't show up. Uh, but just a tough duck. I mean, he's, he's, he's still in second in points, but just non-existent. I didn't hear his name Thursday, Friday. Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, or excuse me, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Gosh, I, four day show. I can't handle it. <laughs> he was a whole lot more existent than Ricky Weiss and Scott Bloomquist. Well, we got to talk about them. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, as far as uh, T Max win though, from 20th, right? So he didn't, it's not like he started up there and won. He charged through the field. And what I thought was really cool is Bloomquist didn't make the show. I didn't think that was cool. He needs to make the show. But he was up <laughs> to the announcer's booth. And when T-Mac was battling for second, third, Bloomquist is like, they said, who's going to win? He said, T-Mac ain't done yet. So, so he was basically, you know, he called out that uh, T-Mac was going to win that race. So that was kind of a pretty neat deal there. Davenport, I got nothing on him. He just, I don't know. I, I really don't. I mean, when he's on, I think he's a little bit of a head case. He's had some issues in, in life. So when he, I think when his head's on, he's really good. When his head's off, he's way off on the deep end. I think maybe there's something going on there behind the scenes that maybe we don't know about because I think he's kind of that emotional deal. So, you know, when he's on his game, he's one of the fastest guys in the country in late models. And I'm just wondering if there's something more there that we don't know about. Yeah, he's really cool, Bert. I mean, just cool. You know, he's cooled off. You know, he started the year like we thought he'd start the year. And then it's like he took the COVID break and he's never been able to rebound. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to explain you know, maybe there is something else going on, but I want to say, uh, what difference does the chassis make? Uh, just ask uh, Hudson O'Neill. Um, <laughs> I mean, he couldn't do anything in a master's belt and left that ride. And, uh, they formed a ride with his girlfriend's parents, I believe created a ride for him. And, uh, you know, he finished fifth on Wednesday in Wednesday night's race. And uh, I can't remember where he finished in the north south, but he qualified and he was. I think he got know, seventh. Um, I'm looking at seventh, correct? And uh, I mean, you know, it just goes to prove, you know, technology in this sport is, you know, you can't be behind in technology. And for Masters Built to try to, you know, get back into the chassis <clears throat> business on the national scene, you know wasn't going to happen overnight and i mean all of us know that hudson o'neill can drive a race car and he proved that this last weekend hey polka you know i don't think hudson o'neill is the first one to maybe not have a ride and then all of a sudden get a ride from a girlfriend's parents right um doug koski did that with nesbitt right he married his daughter and he got in a second car so, um, i was gonna say to you that i heard she's got a single sister and they're looking to start another team i mean you might want to make the call to ohio <laughs> I think I'm a little bit washed up. They're probably looking for somebody a little bit better than me. But, yeah, that, that, that's pretty interesting. He did – I tell you, he, he actually looked like a race car driver again, which is good to see because it's good for the sport. He was struggling so bad in that Masters built, but he looked, he looked good. I mean, he, I was impressed with Hudson O'Neill. 
Yeah, so and I, oh, I see that uh, they're going to be making a diecast of this new car too. Do you know anybody <laughs> that collects them at all? Or <laughs> so let's dig into this, uh, Ricky Weiss. I mean, there was plenty on, on social media over the weekend, and just you know his qualifying. And I actually got some numbers, and we could we could kind of bring it into Bloomquist and, and Team Zero, although. Uh, uh, McDowell didn't seem to have any trouble with his Bloomquist car, but you know, I did some research. So Ricky going back last week to Beaver Dam, he timed 11th and group A started ninth Cedar Lake Thursday night for the complete show. He timed ninth and group B started the feature at 18th CLS main event on Saturday night started 25th. He ended up sixth. It was a hard charger that night. North South 100 Thursday night starts 17th ends up third. So he does well. And then he's a no show you know, for the main event. So, you know, this is a guy that's fighting for a championship. This is a guy, did either of you pick, Ryan, did you pick him to win the World of Outlaw Points when we were kind of doing predictions earlier in the year? Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that, hey, you weren't the only one, you know, and I mean, he is second in points. He's not having a terrible year, but I think he's he's gone from contender to, well, we'll you know, we'll we'll be we might we might not win it but we're gonna we're gonna pull ahead we're gonna we'll have third place distance from us to now Kay Dillard's 48 points behind breathing down his neck well Bert mentioned wasn't it a couple weeks ago Bert that you mentioned that his qualifying times were terrible yep. they said that yeah, he was good but he can't qualify and and what I've seen typically is if you're slow in time trials you're usually too tight and if you watch his car, his, his, their stuff is pretty snug. It doesn't rotate good. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. But, I mean, when you, I, I got called out on Facebook when I mentioned on the show that Ricky Weiss is struggling. No, he ain't. He's been running good. Well, he's struggling. He didn't <laughs> make the struggling. show. He is now struggling. Officially, <laughs> he's struggling. He did win the non-qualifiers race, which I did see that, gave yeah. him some gas money. But he's struggling. And uh, Scott Bloomquist, I mean, not only did he not qualify for this race, but the three races at the stream in Eldora, he didn't qualify for any of those either. And now he got called out. He gets to be one of the – They I saw they put on flow today. Bloomquist is in the mix. Is he going to qualify for them? Because he's been struggling too. So between those two, it's not like those two to not make the features. And there's some guys in that feature that I looked at it and I'm like, these guys are way better than them. So there's something with them cars. I'm telling you, they, they need – like like Bert said, what a difference a car makes. Hudson O'Neill gets himself into a XR1 rocket bolted. You get you get Ricky Weiss into something that's working a lot better. Boy, I'd like to see how many wins he'd have. Go ahead, Bert. Bert, when did you notice that he was struggling with the qualifying? That was at when I went to the Outlaw show at Seymour Speedway. Uh, he didn't qualify well there, but you know I, I was able to watch him in his heat race and. You know, he raced well in his heat race, and he made the feature, and he charged you the feature. But when you when you don't qualify well, you know, your back's against the wall, and you just have to exert so much energy just to make the – well, I mean, he has a provisional to fall back on to if it's an outlaw event. But, I mean, you don't want to rely on that. You want to be starting up front if you want to get wins. And, you know, if you're constantly starting, you know, mid-pack, you know, it, it, it can wear on you and the crew, you know, always having a – get the car ready and, you know, charge from the mid pack to the front. Well, yeah, just like I said, obviously uh, Bishop didn't finish at Cedar Lake. Just think if Ricky would have started sixth that night or, or third that night and, and maybe got the win and just, just maybe start getting some momentum, you know, cause who knows, maybe Bishop's going to get off this hell tour and maybe he'll have some more bad luck, you know, and if, if you could have put something together at Cedar Lake, maybe he could have really, really made a run at it. And like I said, he had a great race at Cedar Lake. Like I said, he went from 25th to sixth, but where did he get point wise getting a six, you know, finishing six it, it, it was it irrelevant and qualifying bad is really expensive because you start in the back and you got to work your way through the pack and you get your stuff tore up 10 times more so they got to work on they got to get some speed they got to watch days of thunder and they need to be like hey <laughs> we need to get some speed on this thing right and that's where they're at they're just not fast i mean even at even at the usa nationals right both him and bloomquist worked all the way to the front but they weren't fast Right, they they got a lot by attrition. They were steady. They attrition. were patient. They got up there, but they never really looked fast. And and that they're just lacking overall speed. And you know, hopefully they can figure that out because that that was my pick. And even if he doesn't win the points, I want to see him win some races. So yeah, yeah. And the droop rule obviously not in effect down there in Florence. It was a Lucas race, so it, it just didn't. You know that that's that's not maybe the factor that we've thought it has been all year. 
Hey, do you see that tire from uh, what was it, the first night or whatever? Jimmy Owens was leading. That yeah. was an model R one, I believe. <laughs> Unbelievable! That thing just shredded. I mean, I've seen some tires come apart, but I don't know if he ran over something or if it just separated. I know that um, with soda tires last year, and the modifieds had a bad batch and they were separating, and people were blowing the tread right off mod tires. So I'm wondering if maybe there was a bad batch or something that happened there. It'll be kind of – he was the only one, though. I didn't see anybody else over the weekend have that happen. So it would be kind of interesting to see if he ran over something or if there was more to the story there. It was it was funny. I was reading the recap story, and Owen said that he felt a vibration. It was vibrating pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that would do it for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, fellas, we're ready to uh, wrap up there, move up to the Midwest in Knoxville. Well, or you Knox, got some more over there? Yeah, I mean, you want to stick on, you want to go to Sprints or you want to stick on late models just a little bit and talk about what happened out in South Dakota? Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. We can start in South Dakota and we'll go to Knoxville. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler McDonald. Okay. Now, I didn't realize this until today. My buddy Josh, he said, hey, Tyler McDonald's a rookie in the late model. I'm like, come on, he ain't no rookie in the late model. Well, last year, guys, he only raced three shows total in the mod. He didn't even race. I don't even know if he wants to race. But uh, he won three in a row now at the Casino Speedway. He's bolted. And, and remember, he went to the USA Nationals, got fifth in both nights in the, in the local, whatever you call it, the Wissota slash NASCAR slash local race. But he looked good and a hell of a race car driver. But one person that really kind of caught my attention, Morgan Ward. She got second. Becker, who's been on top of our power rankings, he was a non-factor. He's like fifth kind of flailing around. But if you watch that race on Dirt Race Central – she got into a little slide job fest there with uh, Trevor Anderson. It was awesome. Trevor slid her. She crossed over, slid him back. I mean, they, they went slide job for slide job, like a couple laps in a row. It was epic. She came out on top. She runs second in that deal. I'm telling you guys, she may be a chick, but she's a race car driver. She, she gets around that place pretty darn good. Yeah, Casino is turning into uh, the Fairbury of Wazota. I mean, it is, like you said, Ryan, it is an action track. And I'd love to see if we could, if they could daisy chain away to get a hell to a race up there somehow. Maybe you'd have to come back and race in Owatonna and go a little bit, you know, keep keep racing down I-90 and then find your way up there. But, uh, yeah, I, I did catch that race, too, and it it, uh, it was awesome. And, of course, uh, my favorite part about Casino now, Ryan, is they got the B-Late models. So I'm going to be watching every week. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the deal. You're already you didn't tell me the, you know, what the real feature was. You're already wearing a hat that'll piss off hot Carl, right? You got that black deal. You need to curve that deal. And now you're talking just silly. Um, I'm going to talk to the wife, and I think you need to be cut off. You've been overserved. You're drinking a little bit too much, right? My kombucha, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, like I said, let's head a little bit east then to the Knoxville Speedway in Iowa, where the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars uh, did their version of the Knoxville Nationals, which was, of course, uh, a subdued uh, version. What what they call it? Some memorial race. I can't even remember. Do you got it, Ryan? I, I don't remember the name of it. I call it the Knoxville Nationals. I'm, I'm <laughs> sick to this. Hey, the Knoxville Nationals for this year are canceled. No, they're not. They're just fanless. It's the same show. What are you talking about? Kind of like the World 100. I was arguing on Facebook with somebody. Saw the 50th annual <laughs> World 100 is canceled. No, it's really not. It's still the World 100. They're calling a different name. Like it's it can't be annual if it's next year, right? It's it's still annual is every year, not every other year. So, but yeah, it was still the Knoxville Nationals. It was still an epic event. They had a ton of race cars, and uh, my buddy Carl, his brother's actually our sprint car expert on the show, right? And he says it don't matter how many cars are there. Kyle Larson's there, and and he's right, king of the king of the sprint cars, winning again. He's been absolutely bolted, and. uh What's interesting, though, is the point battle, guys, with the World of Outlaws. Logan Schuhart, your new yes. point leader. So he yes. jumped in. Donnie Shots laid an egg. I think he hurt an engine the final night, but came back out, made it through the B. He, he struggled mightily. He lost a whole bunch of ground. Less than 100 points, guys, separates the top five. That's wow. It's That's incredible. Crazy. And that yeah. Logan Schuhart, you know, he's not, you know, from what I've heard, I mean, they – you know, they're, they're kind of, I mean, nobody in that level is low budget per se, but compared to some of those teams, I've heard that they're fairly low budget. Like they come to the track with one car, you know, shots. How many does he have at least two? 
Maybe he got three. Yeah. Can you fit three three cars in one of those big semis? I don't know. Well, I'm I'm sure he's got I'm sure he's got three, yeah. <laughs> probably for sure. But yeah, I tell you, Kyle Larson, guys. Yeah. I mean, honestly, thank you NASCAR, right? Thank you very <laughs> much NASCAR, for playing and giving us the opportunity to watch him race real race cars. We get to watch him on dirt. I wouldn't watch him if he was in NASCAR because I don't watch it. It sucks. But I'm watching him in dirt, and he is un believable i mean he is a rare talent there's some great drivers but i'm telling you he's a step above and uh we as as dirt track fans we've been pretty fortunate this year to be able to watch him that's for sure yeah and then like you said shots laying an egg thursday 22nd friday 11th saturday he took the provisional he didn't even make it out of the b and ended up finishing 12th. Bert, did you get to catch any of that sprint car stuff, or should we just... No, I, I didn't see any of the sprint car action, so I, I can't comment too much on that. <laughs> All and, right, and, well, let's... Oh, go ahead. You know, there, we'll just touch on this now. So the World of Outlaws, the sprint cars are going to Fargo Friday. I believe it's Fargo and Grand Forks. It's yeah, Friday, Grand Forks Friday, Fargo Grand Saturday, Forks. yes. And, and is this maybe the turnaround for shots, right? Because now he's kind of coming home. These, right. I mean... These are it's kind of his home turf here, his home crowd, so to speak. So if there's a weekend where he can come in and get himself right back into the driver's seat in that points run, this might be it. So I'm excited to see that action this weekend. Yeah, and I didn't realize he had motor troubles because it was just a couple of weeks ago when he had motor troubles. He co he was leading and coasted in. And then, uh, you know, so now, and like I said, there's there was a was it one dirt there was an article about a week ago that came out in one dirt there, there's only two people that have those ford engines shot and shots and stewart that's it and they uh it's durham that's building them so he they did an article and i just kind of scanned some of it but he talked i mean he couldn't say too much but he talked a little bit about those engines and maybe it's not the engine that we kind of i mean i think he he launched it i think at knoxville last year and they finished off the year strong last year. But now this year, you know, he's, you know, like I said, he's, he's had an off year. You know, there's no question about it. Um, but, yeah, if there's a time for, for Donnie to get back on track, I mean, maybe he can come up north. Maybe he's in Bemidji right now, wet in the line. Maybe he's at Leech Lake. Maybe he's at Winnie. Get some fishing in. Get relaxed for a couple of days. Pull in the Grand Forks. The whole, you know, he's going to have every fan. In the, and that's, that's a fantastic race. You know, that place will be sold out. There will be 3,000-plus people there. Quarter mile, slide job heaven. And then it's like the biggest week of racing in North Dakota for the year. I mean, they love their spring cars out there. So, like I said, yeah, uh, Grand Forks Friday, Saturday, they'll head down to Fargo, another, uh, you know, jam uh, grandstands. And, yeah, let's hope shots can uh, right the ship here. All right. So, also taking place on Friday, we have the aforementioned uh, Dirt Kings. There's going to be an inaugural. It's called the Dairyland 50 down at Mississippi Thunder Speedway. And then they're also going to head over Saturday to Steeder Lake Speedway. Who wants to start on this one? Well, I, first, I, I just want to say it's not a Dirt Kings race. It's oh, Dirt King-style okay. rules. It, oh, it's just Dirt King rules. Okay. Yeah, Dirt King-style rules. It, they're not Dirt King races. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, they start at Mississippi Thunder. Mississippi Thunder, from my, what my understanding is, Mississippi Thunder and Cedar Lake um, are working together, you know, trying not to schedule shows over the top of each other and to schedule shows so drivers can go to both shows and just make it better for the drivers and the fans, which I salute them because we, we need more of that in, in this industry. Um, I mean, Mississippi Thunder, it's 5,000 a win for late models Friday night and 5,000 a win for modifieds. I mean, you know, that that's a huge show. I mean, Peter Lake is too. Oh, mods also is 5,000 there. Okay. And uh, now I know, you know, Cedar Lake, you know, they're going to be trying, you know, uh, restrictor plate uh, for late models uh, for open motors. So, you know, that's new to them. So, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some trial and error and figuring out, you know, how to keep the cars competitive. But I think this is the way to go in the future. Uh, If, if you want, car count you're going to have to open up your races to more organization racing organizations um you know because you're just limiting yourself if you don't do that yeah absolutely and and just so you know remember they had the month of money at cedar lake it was five thousand to win they had the mod deal that rained out the late model one rained out so originally a couple weeks ago they had scheduled a friday night this friday was going to be the mod show and saturday was going to be the late model show 
Well, then they had a lot of cars that kind of intertwine in Cedar Lake. They worked with, of course, Tyrone and Bob Tim down at Mississippi Thunder. And they said, well, hey, what are we doing here? Why don't we just work together and make this work? And that's how Mississippi Thunder decided, hey, we'll do five grand to win also on Friday. And just, a, I tell you, I, I'm hats off to them guys down at Mississippi Thunder. Of course, Cedar Lake too. But they, Mississippi Thunder has put themselves on the map this year. Yes, I mean, they yes. have done some amazing things, but they also work so well with other tracks. As far as restrictor plates, a lot of people already use them. See, and they use them as a tuning device. So, you know, and that's where the restrictor plate they've already been using that a lot more than people know. And they kind of already know how to kind of intertwine that in there. But you know, they, that restrictor plate deal, people put that in the kind of detune the car for the slick already, but I'm excited because that's going to be two stellar car counts. And there's going to be two races. Friday night is going to be on race and dirt. Saturday night's going to be on flow. I think it's on dirt on dirt slash flow or whatever. So we can catch all the racing action from both of those. And uh, there, there's some good money on the line. So super excited about racing, I guess, Eastern Wisconsin or Western Wisconsin, I guess I would say. So excited for that. I'm going to write that down, Ryan. I had no idea CLS was on on Saturday night. Thank you. <laughs> yep, yep, it sure is. Now, now let's go ahead. I'm, let's, let's do late model picks really quick for this one. I'll let you guys pick, just throw something out Mississippi Thunder and Cedar Lake because this is kind of like our wheelhouse. This is our, this is our upper echelon, in my opinion, with soda type late model area here. So let's, uh, let's pick this one just for fun. Um, Puka. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. We always yeah, make go first. We always yeah, we, make Burke go first. Puka yeah, we always first. make him go first. He's <laughs> complaining. So I'll go first. I'm going to take Dustin Sorensen because obviously he has a Dirt Kings win already down at Mississippi Thunder. And if you remember that, Second heat race, Bert, at the USA Nationals, where it was Eckert, was it Eckert, Dustin Sorensen, Jason Round, maybe? They almost came three with a blanket, three across the finish line, and then yeah. Sorensen ended up sideways. So he, you know, by, you know, it took him a little bit, but he kind of got the kinks worked out on, on that thing. So uh, I'm going to Dustin Sorensen. Go ahead, Bert. Um, he's won several features there already. I will take Jake Tim. <laughs> I'm going to take the X factor 7X <laughs> he, he's, uh, I tell you he's been on fire he's got three in a row last year if you remember coming to invitational time and this is kind of really the start of invitational time there's some big shows rolling into September he was on fire in September so I'm taking Jesse Glenn's as the guy to watch you know right you mentioned you mentioned oh well oh go ahead I was going to say, and actually this time I'm kind of excited because the guy that I picked is really going to be there. So that's fun. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned MTS and all the great things they have done, and I can't believe they have put themselves on the map. And it got me thinking, I haven't heard boo from Deer Creek. I mean, Deer Creek is a fantastic facility, and, and, and the Queenslands, you know, everyone has said good things, and they've had big races. I think I asked you a month ago if they were even racing. You know, I just, there's just like no news coming out of there. They had the Harris Clasher last yeah. week or the week before, but the biggest thing I heard all year about Deer Creek is it was for sale. Yeah, right, right, I mean, yeah, you're right. You know, yeah, there's just no news. Yeah, Minnesota, I think they're having the Jamboree in September, so that's a big USMTS deal. They got a big the fall Jamboree. I'm sure that that's kind of their big show of the year. So they're really big. I mean, the Harris Clash was big, of course, but Deer Creek's biggest show is usually the fall Jamboree. Okay, well, good luck to both facilities. Uh, you know, like I said, hope for weather, and there is a chance – you know, if we get some bad weather, I mean, there is a chance. I want to get to MTS. Of course, they're paying a thousand for the beat late models. You know, and my buddy Joe Bravo down there. So, you know, I just might have to make the trip. But there's, if things were to work out, and I could maybe hop in with somebody. There's a chance that Friday I might end end up at MTS. You, you uh, know what's cool? Saturday. Here's what's cool, Puka, is I watched the Facebook Live today with Tyrone and Bob Tim, and they had a thousand to win. I believe it was for the B late models this last week, right? It was a thousand to win, and he, he jumped on there. He says, guys, I screwed up. You know, things didn't cooperate, didn't go well. The track sucked. So we're going to go ahead and do this again, and we're going to have another $1,000 to win show for you. Who Hopefully. does that? What track does that? What track jumps on and says, man, we laid an egg, wasn't good racing. We're going to give you guys another shot to race for some money on a good racetrack. I, I'm, I'm just more and more impressed with these guys each and every week down there. Yeah, not afraid to invest a little now for the future. Get a good reputation. Get a good rapport with the drivers. All right, anything more on that, or are we going to move on to uh, the 27th annual Comcast Topless 100? Yeah, we can move on to that. There's a few more with soda races, but we'll touch on them after the after the Topless. Lucas Oil Race, 
who do you got? Who do you got? Go ahead, Bert. You're up first this time. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick with my Brandon Overton. From I picked him at the North South. He didn't quite do it, but uh, I'll I'll stick with him this week also. Yeah, he's going to be strong. Ryan, you want to go next? Yeah, my buddy Pete, his nephew, is actually our late model expert. And he told me last week, I picked B-Shep, okay? And I picked B-Shep last week. And he goes, hey, idiot. Like, I told you B-Shep wasn't coming. I told you he wasn't coming. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I forgot, right? So, incidentally, B-Shep's not going to be there because he's going to be at a World of Outlaw race. Yeah. So, I take the O show. I'm taking Jimmy Owens. Okay, yeah. And Jimmy Mars has two wins down there in his career at the top list. And, you know, we don't know if he's going to show. Bloomquist is leads all with five. And, like I said, he's going to be in Pennsylvania racing with the world of all laws. I'm going to go with a little bit of a dark horse pick a guy that's been had some top fives lately. Looks like he ran well there last year, Josh Richards. I'm going to pull a dark horse here. So those of you that are dirt drafters, you might want to get Josh Richards. He's, he's been in the mix just a little bit lately. And like I said, had a pretty de decent run there. I would fade turbo and I'd fade JD. I mean, I think turbo, I think turbo's rattled. And uh, like I said, JD, <laughs> JD, Ryan, you already talked. He, he definitely is rattled, but um, I'm going to go with a little bit of a dark horse in Josh Richards. I think Josh Richards has the most flat tires in the year in the Lucas Oil Series. I think he's had a he bunch probably of those. three more wins if he didn't have all those. <laughs> uh, he would. I mean, so he's been fast. I'd say he's due. So there were some good picks. That'll be exciting to watch, of course. And uh, what else you got? What's going on with the World of Outlaw Late Models this week? Yeah, where are they? In Pennsylvania, right? I know that uh, when I spoke with Rick Eckert, I'll, I'll, real quick here, Bert, uh, I know that he said he was going to hit that run when they came out there. Go ahead, Bert. I was just going to say, I, I'm, I can't remember what tracks they're at, but there's three straight races in Pennsylvania. Uh, one of them is at Lincoln. I know that. Uh, because because uh, I was reading on the dirt today, and uh, Lincoln Speed, if Bishop wins at Lincoln in Pennsylvania, you'll have race wins at two tracks named Lincoln in, in two different states, because he won at Lincoln uh, last night or the night before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's Lincoln... Williams Grove and Erie's E R I E Z Erie Erie yeah there's a, they have a Z on it for some reason but, all right uh, I know who, go ahead who, who's your pick who's your pick uh you know Rick Eckert just won two races had that great he won two races this weekend these are you know somewhat local for him and uh, I'm going to keep an eye on Eckerd. Like I said, he second place at USA Nationals, two wins this weekend. He's figured something out. I'm going to be sleeping in his own bed. I'm going with Rick. Um, I'm going to – it seems like I'm always picking the, the favorites or the well-known drivers. So I'm going to go with Cade Dillard. <laughs> oh, good. I was going to go that direction because I figured you were picking B-Shep. <laughs> no, I'm going to – I picked B-Shep last week, which was ill-advised because <laughs> he wasn't going. I will pick B-Shep this week because – if you guys aren't going to take them, how do you pick against them? So, yeah. Rocket won. Yeah. So, what's going on with that uh, Street Stock Series this week, Ryan? They finally going to well, wrap her up? The, yeah, we got the season finale this Sunday night, Cheyenne Speedway, Lisbon, North Dakota. And uh, two points separates Eric Riley from Johnny Carter. Of course, this is Johnny Carter's home track, right? So, there, there's, there is a rare situation in there where they could end in a tie. They might have a tiebreaker. But uh, it, it, I'm telling you guys, we talk about late models all the time. This street stock tour has been amazing. I talked to Benji here with Dirt Race Central. I actually did an interview with them, and they've just done such a great job, not only with that series, but also at the Cheyenne Speedway. So that's going to be on Dirt Race Central. Watch DRC.TV next Sunday night. Step is street stock uh, series finale at the, I guess, Cheyenne Speedway in Lisbon. Yeah. All right. Anything more to preview? Yeah, you know, we got a bunch of late model racing going on. I mean, literally, we have had, I mean, it seems like every week there's like a few in Wisconsin and nothing over here, or a couple in North Dakota and, not, and everything in Wisconsin's gone. So I'm looking at that. Of course, we got all the National Series stuff. We got Mississippi Thunder and Cedar Lake. But then South Dakota has Aberdeen Friday. Huron is racing Saturday. They didn't race there for a couple of years, Sunday back to Casino. So there's three nights of racing there. Then Grand Rapids on Thursday, Superior Friday, Hibbing on Saturday, three races there. Then you go the other direction, the NLRA series has Ada Thursday, Grand Forks Friday over to Jamestown on Saturday. So if you're looking at kind of the whole map of our power rankings, plus Bert can touch on whatever's going on in eastern Wisconsin, there's a pile of late model racing. Things could really shake up in the power rankings this week. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it'll be a big week for that. Bert, you got anything special going on over there? Or? 
Um, not late model wise. Uh, late model wise, it's all the regular stuff. Uh, but this week on uh, Wednesday and Thursday is the captain of the creek, uh, which is five thousand a win for the uh, IMCA Sport Mod Division at one forty one Speedway. So uh, one forty one Speedway has five thousand win shows for modified stock cars and sport mods throughout the year, and it's a sport mods this week running for five grand. Jeez, pretty good payday there. Them guys will kill each other for five bucks, let alone five grand. <laughs> well, well, and one forty one forty one Speedway is where uh, I sent you that uh, video this morning, where that driver did the uh, <laughs> flew. It was like a wrestler flying off the top rope onto yeah. the hood of the race car, and then he climbed up on the on the roof of the race car and was jumping on it. So it must have been something <laughs> in the air in eastern Wisconsin this last weekend. Full you Packer fans are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all right good on the previews or we got any more no no i think we're good we got a lot of exciting racing happening i'm just excited to get to it all right yep so we move on to the last lap segment where we have one to go so many of you might have seen the i guess and i talked to a woman who has some relatives down in iowa you know those storms that came through last week and according to her she has family down there they just you know there were no warnings eight hours earlier or four hours you know it was just like we're just gonna have a storm and then these these tornadoes whipped up and and marshalltown seemed to have, have gotten kind of the, the brunt of the blow there ryan hometown ryan gustin right so that's gonna lead me i'm gonna back up a little bit here right because we so first of all ryan gustin his car is owned by tristar engines and transmissions he owns ah. that whole star dave owns that whole team and gustin started racing some late model stuff right and then all of a sudden bam where's ryan gustin he wasn't racing Right? He just fell off the map. He wasn't racing. So he went down. I think it was Kansas. Um, I think he was down at a friend's shop. They were getting ready for a race. The guy's garage start, shop started on fire. Right? So he burnt up a race car. He burnt up another one. So then they didn't. They weren't able to race. He had to load them up. They had to head out. They, I, think, well, I think he has rockets, doesn't he? So they had to head out and get the cars all redone. So that's the first thing that happened. Then he gets the stuff back. And they go to race that the Hell Tour. Their plan was to race the Hell Tour. Ah. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but they were there for a few shows, and then bam, he was gone. Right? Did you notice that? Yeah. COVID. He oh. came down with. He got COVID, so oh. he was gone for a week. He come back, and I talked to TriStar Dave, and he says, "Holy crap, we were all with him. Everybody got tested. He was quarantined for two weeks. They they all were." And, uh, yeah, Ryan Gustin came down with COVID. He was laid up. He was pretty sick, not hospitalized or on his deathbed. So then he was just getting ready to go back on the hell tour, and that's when them straight line wins, all that came through Marshalltown. And all his stuff was okay, but it just ransacked the whole town. So yeah. Gustin says, you know what? You know, we, we're not, we haven't raced a tour. We're not in the points. And he just decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a few days off here, and I'm going to go help the people that I know. So hats off to the Reaper. You know, because he could have just said, screw it, I'm going racing. But he kept his stuff parked, and he, I mean, he spent days helping people pick up and clean up crews and all that. So hats off to Gustin for really being a, a public service instead of thinking about himself. So that kind of makes me a little bit more of a Reaper fan right there. Plus, he's a mod guy anyway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck to everyone at the track. They're hoping to get back to racing soon. Light poles torn down and everything. And, uh, um, yeah, just a, a crazy storm, uh, kind of a turn of events there. Uh, Bert, uh We've know now officially uh, the punishments for Turbo Tyler Herb and Bobby Senior Pierce. Yeah, uh, Herb got a one-year suspension, um, and Bob Senior got a thirty-day suspension, I believe, uh, from World of Outlaw and Dirt Car uh, Series events. So, I mean, uh, we we figured it was gonna, you know, there was gonna be penalties thrown out there. So. Um, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and Turbo, Turbo, it's 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 uh, it's not automatically come back. They're going to review it at, after a year, right, Ryan? Where is the World Racing Group located? North Carolina. Right. What else is in North Carolina as far as big racing organizations? <laughs> I think there's beginning to be too much of a similarity here between World Racing Group, World of Outlaw, and NASCAR, because this is bullshit is what this is this is what he did was wrong absolutely but my goodness it's good for the sport i mean in a sport where 
fan counts are down. Tracks are trying to make money. We need more personalities. They suspend a guy for a whole entire year. Come on. They should give the guy a free pass to come back the next week and say, hey, come back and let's, let's, let's promote this whole deal because it's good for racing. Now, did he need to have some kind of a fine, maybe a little suspension? Absolutely. What he did was wrong, and he, there needs to be consequences for it. But suspending a guy for the whole year, I think that's a big fail on World Racing Group because I've seen people do a whole lot worse than that and get a whole lot less punishment. And it's just it's just a bad deal. And then Bobby Pierce's dad, I think, would he get a $1,000 fine and 30-day suspension or whatever it was? Whatever. I mean, yeah. Bobby, Bobby Pierce don't give a crap. I mean, whatever. But what I thought was more interesting was Mama Bear. <laughs> you want to touch on Mama Bear? Well, I mean, obviously there may have been a little bit of uh, liquid courage, liquid stupidity, but yeah, they had a little bonfire going on there and uh, she had a Turbo Tyler Herb shirt and she started getting lippy and, you know, I think, uh, I, I don't remember who it was, maybe it was Herb talked about how, how good they build their cars at Pierce, right, yeah. because he hits everything. Well, whoever builds Tyler Herb's shirts, I mean, they do a hell of a job because that thing wouldn't even turn. <laughs> so, I mean, like, so they got fire retardant T-shirts. But, yeah, she got pretty lippy. She was pretty sauced up. Bobby Pierce, I don't know him from Adam. He's fun to watch, but he's a, he's a windshield wiper. He was not very impressed with mom um, with that whole deal. But uh, it's it just more drama to the mix right there. But, again, that's good for the sport. Because, Puka, we've been, we've been going to the race tra- same tracks for a long time right same tracks we grew up we both grew up in the same town if we grew up right so i know people i know people i know racing moms that would have done exactly the same thing i'm not going to say anything on the air because i'm not going to let my phone ring off the hook but i i saw that i'm like that just reminded me of a few different people i'm like oh wow i could absolutely see that happening but but at the end of the day it's it's ratings it's good for the sport that draws people's attention so all these penalties and all that stuff yeah i get it but at the end of the day they want more ratings they want they want more sponsorship dollars quit making this so commercialized quit making we're not politically correct we're dirt track racers we ain't politically correct i mean let's have a free-for-all in fact you know i would like to see a a pay-per-view with with basically you get mama pierce and Tyler Herb in the in the ring boxing, and then it'd be like WWE coming out of the crowd would be Pierce's sister oh. to kick both their asses. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> she'd be the referee. Yeah, she'd be a hell of a one. Yeah. Well, and that's that, the thing. You're not really good stuff. That's yeah. chick. And you're not even punishing Tyler Herb per se because he's just on a Lucas tour. So it's not like it's not like Lucas. You know what I mean? Where I mean, excuse me, it's not like NASCAR. Where yeah, what are they gonna do? You know, I mean, he's like he's gonna go race everywhere else. He's gonna break local stuff. Here's a question for you. Um, because it's not a World of Outlaw event, right? The, the, the deal at Eldora? Yeah, the Intercontinental did, Classic. Did he, get an, did he get an invite? Well, the show is actually going on. The selection show is going on right now as we're recording. So, but so I don't think he can, right? Because it's wrestling, right? They got the Intercontinental belt. <laughs> so maybe he gets the Intercontinental belt at that. But I, I don't think that's a WRG event or UMP. I think it's a non-sanctioned deal. So he was going to miss, right? He would, if, the, if the World 100 had to happen, he would have had to miss that, correct? Yeah, that's my understanding, Bert. Isn't it a World Racing Group of – it's UMP, isn't it? We're, he was going to miss World of Outlaws – WRG, which is World Racing right. Group, which is World of Outlaws, okay? Yeah. And UMP. And UMP Dirt Car Series, which is the Hell Tour. So right. he was going to miss those. But isn't the World 100 – isn't that a World of Outlaws event? No, I don't think so. Uh, I I thought oh, it, it was a world. I thought it was a world racing group event. I thought they would use UMP rules. I could be wrong. I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 one time it was UMP rules for sure, but that was twenty years ago. Yeah, I, I think it's they have some affiliation with UMP stuff. So yeah, I, I, I think he's look, out for that. I thought it was on the World of Outlaws schedule, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. We'll have to take a look at that. Yeah, we'll have to, yeah. uh, we'll have to check that out. Okay. All right, Ryan. So you wanted to mention some stuff on the legendary. Well, you know, there's two different formats. Of course, the the Wissota 100 is canceled, right? Yeah. So, so I talked to Don Shaw. They're going to have a, a King of Dirt, which is kind of a big invitational they have over there. But they're going to have a King of Dirt. So, so the question is, where's everybody going to go? 
Are they going to go to the legendary? Or are they going to go to the king of dirt? I have not yet heard. I don't believe he's announced the whole format for the king of dirt yet. Um, it's supposed to be some pretty big pay, but they're, they're not all the announcements are out. But Cedar Lake, I mean, this is right up your alley, Puka. Um, ten classes of cars, right at the legendary. <laughs> Start on <But> Tuesday. <laughs> well, they're doing the format, you know, that as as a fan, I just hate it, right? They're doing they're doing group time trials and then they're going straight up out of the time trials to qualifying features. They're not running a they're not running um features. They're doing time trials into a qualifying feature is what they're doing, and then they're taking like the top six or whatever out of that for the A main. I don't know. I think that I, I just don't know what that whole format. It'll be interesting to see where people go. I was hoping that I-94 had their format out today, but the more people I talk to, and I've talked to several of them, it seems like a ton more people are he- are, are really looking at heading to I-94. So that that's going to be the place to be, and I'm going to be down there with Dirt Race Central. I'm going to get to Jabberjaw and Victory Lane a little bit to talk to some drivers oh, and, and, and have a little fun down there. So I'm looking forward to getting to that, but we should know by the next show what the format is for I-94. Oh, and I'm just so frustrated that Knoxville moved to that. The, the Knoxville late model nationals moved to that weekend, you know, because you've got, you can stream all that. And then my, Knoxville, I just wish Knoxville would push back into October, almost October it used to be the Ashland weekend. So there's just so much racing. It's like, what do you do that weekend? So, all right. And then to wrap up here, Ryan, uh, your you, platinum promotions has put together a little point fund or actually a, a really good, I shouldn't say a little point, but a really good point fund, uh, for Labor Day weekend up here in northern Minnesota and northern Wisconsin. Yeah, we're super excited about that. Typically, the Labor Day swing, which is the Silver 1000 at Proctor, the Wasota Classic and Rapids hitting Labor Day shootout, is all Wasota late model challenge series stuff. So you get all the challenge series guys coming up and follow that, but there is no challenge series this year. So, you know, kind of wondering, it's like, is everybody coming? It's like, what are they doing? So we decided to put together a point fund for the late models paying the top 10. And it's going to be the TriStar Engines and Transmission Late Model Series presented by Quality Freight Rate. And, and it's going to be 2000 to the winner, four shows. Okay, there's four complete shows, all paying good, 3000 3500 and a pair of two grand to win shows. But it's going to be 2000 to the point champ over the four nights, 1500 1000 And uh, talked to several late model guys. I know they're excited to come up. I talked to the 7X. He said he's in. So... We're definitely excited for late model racing up in uh, the northern region because it's not all Minnesota now because you got Ashland in there, but up in the northern region over Labor Day weekend. Well, Bert, I expect you to go hand-to-hand with all your Dirt Kings guys uh, and say, hey, have you seen that point fund that Ryan Aho put together? You better head west Labor Day weekend. <laughs> you, and you hop a ride and you come see us. <laughs> I, w- I would love to get them. You know, I'd like, I'm going to talk to Anvilink, actually, and I'm going to see if any of them guys that got with soda motors might come over. I mean – I don't know. It's what, a heck what, of a point fund for four races. Yeah, Bert, what's going on over in your direction there over Labor Day weekend? Is there specials on Labor Day weekend or just regular racing, or what do they got? Just regular racing. That that would be the final week of racing at Shano Speedway. Um, I'm not sure if Plymouth is racing that night or not. Um, I know I'm pretty sure Plymouth has another Dirt Kings race coming up on its schedule, but uh, um, as far as I know, there's no special schedule for that weekend for late models. I'm, I'm going to call up Anvilink and see if I can get him over. I'm going to also find out. I don't even know if he has a Wasota motor or what, but I'm going to see who all has Wasota engines in because I remember back, Puka, and so do you back in the day. We used to get MJ McBride. We used to get Pete Parker. We, I mean, um, Ray Tennant came over. So we used to get some of them guys coming over, and I loved it, right? And Ray Tennant. Oh, yeah. you remember, Bert, remember Ray Tennant? I do not. Oh, man. I, where is he Where from? Is he? he Iowa guy or was he uh or I thought he was an eastern Wisconsin guy. 76. I the only reason I remember him was I was a little kid and he came over to my dad's house and worked on his car at the shop. I became a fan. But I used to love getting them out of town guys from eastern Wisconsin coming over. So hopefully we can maybe get a few people to travel in for that. And really quick before I'm done, I do want to give a shout out. Um, last year was Soda Superstock National Rookie of the Year, Kyle Kopp. He was a rookie of the year last year. He got his first ever feature win in the Superstock. Just wanted to give him a quick shout out. Good job, Kyle, um, over at the ABC Raceway. All right, awesome. Go ahead, Bert. I, I just wanted to ask um, 
we didn't talk about it last week because it was all uh, USA Nationals. But where did the what was the winner's share of the Little Dream? In compared to last year, it was up. I think last year was twenty five thousand, and this year uh, Nick Trainer twenty six thousand dollars richer. And uh, it's like, man, did he pay off his tire bill? I mean, I like, what did he do with that deal? I mean, twenty six thousand. Most of the feed stocks aren't worth twenty six thousand. I mean, that's a that's a really cool event. Uh, Rice Lake Speedway F one Motorsports helps put that deal on. And it's just become a, a tradition in Wisconsin for street stocks. But I thought with the COVID deal and all, you know, all that stuff, we're like, there's no way, there's no way it's going to be more, but they did it. They got it up 26,000. That's nuts. Yeah. I think we all took the under on that. We did. <laughs> we did. Yeah. COVID. That's why. Wow. That is amazing. Congratulations. And uh, yeah, keep that one going. And like I said, they keep moving it closer and closer to the USA nationals. You just never know who's going to end up uh, putting a helmet on and racing a street stock that's might live in Ohio or might live in Tennessee or might live in Florida or might live in North Carolina. They keep bumping that thing up. So, all right, fellas. Well, I think that's about it. I got to get cranking here. Um, we're ready to roll. I just yeah, want to say good. one thing. This is for Ryan. First day of training <laughs> camp <laughs> or of practice, I should say. <laughs> You know, he, he was really cutting out there, Polka. I didn't hear what he said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, race fans. Well, thank you once again for joining us. Uh, as always, if you can get on, uh, like, subscribe, even share the program. We appreciate that. We've talked about that in the past. It's just kind of how this whole thing goes as far as getting ratings and keep us going. And we'd like to thank, again, uh, Weir's Machine for coming on board, Weir'sMachine.com. Like I said, if you talk to the great folks at Weir's Machine, especially Chad, make sure you thank him for coming on board and supporting the One to Go show. Get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the One to Go show. <laughs>